to your name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Ho ho. Ho ho. We worship you, Jesus. Jesus. Wow. Hello? If Amen. we're if we're gonna be joyful, we need to smile. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Just give it a smile. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! 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 Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Worship you. Worship you. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, we honor you. Oh, we humble ourselves before you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. Jesus, worship you, Jesus. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Glory, 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 glory. Glorify your name. Worship you, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus.
What a privilege. Wow. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you can be seated. <laughs> okay, you can turn me down a little. We were trying to give some volume. <laughs> no, okay. And some of you, we've I've had to learn this. And some of you just you have to learn it. When, when the chips are down, like when I'm awakened crying in the morning with depression, I go, victory is mine. I don't feel like it. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. And blow my nose. You know, victory is mine. And pretty soon you're going, victory is mine. Victory is mine. I told Satan, get behind. And that's who's doing all the junk to us. Believe me. Woo! Since Sunday, attack, 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 attack. This was a good day today. <laughs> but it's always a good day. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. And uh, I didn't prepare for it. Okay, last week, remember, we were talking about things uh, I'm looking for my emails here okay right God's gonna deliver the United States of America well, what kind of a church is that look at she stands there looks at her phone uh, <laughs> Okay, remember, I, okay, it was five reasons why you are exempt from the supply chain disruptions. All right. Now I gotta find it. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to read this again. We've all heard the reports. Supply chain bottlenecks around the world have caused record shortages of many products that American consumers are used to having readily available, including household goods, electronics, and automobiles, to name a few. I don't know. Has anybody gone through that? Uh, except for our garage door. <laughs> it didn't come for a month. Well, it was 30 below zero with the windshield. <laughs> Anyway, experts have warned that problems will likely get worse before they get better. But here's where the line is drawn. We are not subject to failing economic times. In fact, we don't just survive during times of famine, we thrive. Job 5, 20 through 22 says, He will save you from death in time of famine. You will laugh at destruction and famine. The world will always tell you that you have the same limits they have, but we are separated from this world system. 
You have to shake off those things that try to rise up and put limits on you. See, and I've had to learn that. Remember, I was 40 years old when I became a Christian. And, and uh, it, I had to learn how to change the way I always acted. And I'm more of a, like a melancholy type of person, which, is, which easily, more easily, sometimes can get depressed or take things the wrong way. You know what I mean? Or think of the negative and you got to fight that stuff. Okay, so, okay, the world will always tell you you have the same limits they have, the world system. But we are separated from this world system. You have to shake off those things that try to rise up and put limits on you. Take the limits off because God is more than he wants you to walk in. He wants you to have your bills paid in full, living in a debt-free home with debt-free cars because he does not want you to be indebted to or be the servant of other people. Pastor George Pearson's recently shared from the Word of God why we as believers never need to fear the state of our economy. And here are five reasons you are exempt from the ch supply chain, demand, and disruption. <laughs> okay, and you could shout for joy no matter what's going on in the world around you. The number one one is you are a tither. I'm, I read that whole thing last week. Okay, I'll do number two. It says you are a sower and receive the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed Isaac. Okay, now you might say, oh yeah, you're just trying to get money. Okay, the people who are part of the church, this... I, this is, I'm part of the church too. I just have a different role to play. This is not my church. It is not my church. <laughs> I didn't pay, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? You gotta realize that. Sometimes people think the church is the pastors, it's not. We're just a different role playing in, in that whole arena. But there is a huge difference, me having been in a denomination all those years, then getting born again, the results of Jesus taking care of you when things go wrong is huge. And you, if, I mean, you don't have to believe me, just keep moving on with him and you'll see it. You'll see that it happens. Isaac reaped a hundredfold return on his crops when he, there was a famine in the earth. What is famine? Famine is defined as a severe shortage, extreme scarcity, or serious economic downturn. Sound familiar? Many would say the United States is there now, but here is our exceedingly great and precious promise. Psalm 37, 19, they will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. But see, you've got to believe it, but you also have to be, you, you, I'll be honest with you, you got to tithe. <laughs> and we tithe. That's a promise. Even in famine, you have more than enough. That's why being a sower is so important. When you are a sower, supply chain issues will not affect you. That's because you are in a spiritual state of sowing and reaping that cannot be hindered by any world economy. Have you ever noticed that generous sowers are never without money to give? It's a spiritual law. With whatever measure you sow, you will also reap. And if you don't believe that, um, 
let's say the farmers, uh, yeah, they got some seed in the barn, but they're just too lazy to plant it. And so they think, yeah, it'll come up without sowing. Will it? Are they going to have a crop? No. Do you not know who invented that? God did. Everything. Okay. I love what Keith Moore says. He says, you know, they say this man has an IQ of 300. <laughs> That's pretty high. But, but you know what? Compared to that man, that man knows maybe one half a teaspoon of what God knows. God knows it all. He does. He, he created everything. Well, why is all this bad stuff happening? He's not the one doing it. The devil is doing it. And I tell you what, when st things start to look up, he'll start to attack you. He'll try to, and that's where you got to get to be a smart Christian, a smarter Christian than him because you've got God on your side. But you have to employ the, the faith and the principles of faith in order to receive that. You don't just sit in a chair while God's... See, there's a teaching out there that says God's already done it all. And all we have to do is just receive it. That's greasy grace. Eh, eh. We have a part to play. And you be careful. You be careful who you're listening to. Be careful about that. Have you ever noticed that generous sores are never without money? It's a spiritual law. Whatever you sow, you reap. I said that already. David Green, founder and CEO of retail giant Hobby Lobby, tells a story in his book, Giving It All Away and Getting It Back Again, about the power of living generously. There's a phrase common in some Christian circles that goes, you can't outgive God. I tossed that phrase around myself more than once. Then God seemed to say to me, well, you haven't really tried, have you? <laughs> David Green decided to increase his giving dramatically. His co company significantly increased right after that. That pattern continued over and over until he reached a point at which he was giving far beyond anything he could ever imagine. The more the company has grown, the more they've given, and then they keep increasing. We truly cannot seem to get ahead of him, David says. Sowing is spiritual protection from economic downturns. It's the opposite of what the world says. It says when you do it, you deplete. Hey, and honest to God, we can, uh, we, it's, it's, I know that. And everything we have is paid off because of that. This whole church is paid off. Everything in it's paid off. Our house is paid off. Our car is paid off. <laughs> paid off, paid off, paid off. <laughs> and you know why? Because we have given a lot out there too in the church and okay it keeps money flowing to you no matter what is going on around you the more seeds you sow in your garden the more plants you're going to have right you know if all that stuff wasn't planted out there it wouldn't be coming up it's why you are exempt from the current circumstances that are happening in our country with the economic downturn so don't I mean do he knows what he's talking about. That's all I can say. And it's also a matter of trust. You've got to trust him with all your heart. You can't lean to your own understanding because it's head knowledge. This is spirit knowledge. And when you acknowledge him that, hey, I believe you're right, 
he, he's the one who gave the doctor the answers. He's the one who gives the scientists the answers. He gives everybody, every, anything you see that's progress or, or jet planes and all the things that we have and the things we didn't have. I mean, I'm 82 years old. You, you, I've seen like old Model T's <laughs> way back. <laughs> My grandpa had a horse and buggy, <laughs> you know? You, you go, and I've seen all the cars, you know? Yeah, it's all, it's all God, there's progress with all that stuff. And you, if you apply the principles of the word of God, but just keep hanging in there. For those of you who are new, it will work. I've seen it work. I wasn't there either. And even sometimes now, I mean, you got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to keep moving on. You've got to press forward to the mark of the high call of God. I don't want to be right here. You go beyond what the cross has t taught you. Yes, we're born again. Let's go onward from there because there's more and it's fun and it's great. Amen. <laughs> okay, so ushers, you can pass out the envelopes. Amen. So, um, we are having a speaker on Sunday. Lonnie Hilton is coming just, just in the morning and it's going to be good. But then the next Sunday we'll, we'll be having, uh, um, Dr. Michael Jacobs also. And, um, so, you know, okay, Michael, Dr. Michael Jacobs is a prophet and really there's different kinds of prophets in the earth and some are um, just beginning. I, I was going to talk to you a little bit about the prophet's ministry today and I have something else too though. Okay, so we got it? Okay, Father, thank you. Thank you for the honor and the privilege it is to sow into the kingdom of God. God, it's a kingdom. It's a kingdom. It's the only kingdom on the earth that's going to last. That's what you said in your word, the kingdom of God. All kingdoms will fail, but the kingdom that we are in, and even as Christians, we are in a new nation. We are in a nation, and that is the kingdom of God, which is another word for it is the kingdom of heaven. Lord, you said everything that heaven already enjoys is ours, and we believe your word, Lord God. We trust in you. We believe your word more than we believe circumstances, what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we taste, what we do, God. We believe you. So we thank you and praise you. You said that you, when we make you Lord of our lives, God, that you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But those riches are in the glory and you have to go from glory to glory and be in the glory of God's word. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you, Lord God. You will supply all these people's needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's right. Victory is yours. You know what? It says, and that's a scripture, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. Uh, and then there's one in Ephesians 6, uh, 10, and it says, uh, uh, I don't, well, that one, so I can do all things through Christ. This one is the, I'm starting to, come on. No, 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 no. It's, 
I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And you have to keep saying that stuff. You know, it doesn't make any difference if I forgot it. I, I don't care. I say it all the time. But when I get up here, I get up a little bit nervous, to be honest. After all these years, I still get nervous. <laughs> but you know what? If you don't, you don't care as much. And I care. <laughs> I really do. Okay, you can be seated. Okay, so we are just a little bit of, of to, to prepare you for Dr. Michael Jacobs coming or we've had Randy Greer also who is a prophet. And uh, sometimes, you know, there now, Dr. Michael Jacobs is very highly uh, up there already, more like Kenneth Hagin was because he's, uh, well, okay. Gee, that stuff is a lot more interesting than the word, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's looking over there. <laughs> distractions. See, we can't get just we have to learn that the distractions because that a lot of things are distractions that the that uh whoever's doing it uh like you know when things all the election come then uh then all of a sudden uh, there's a leak in about Roe versus Wade to distract you away from the election. You know, maybe you won't even vote because you're just, you know, really into that and, or something else. See, distractions are scuds. Satan uses distractions. And so all of a sudden things are going really good for you. This is, this is huge. And all of a sudden all these distractions come in, opposition from the devil to stop you. And I've seen it over and over, and don't, don't even play on it. Or something really bad will happen, and somebody will get mad at you. They might even slam you on Facebook. You have to totally just forget it. Forget it. It's a distraction from the devil, and ha, ha, ha. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. I, you know what? You know where your heart is. You know what's right and you know what's wrong. Okay, well, what we're here to do is, is to, to root out, destroy wrong doctrine. And to, to here, I'm going to read it. It's... in Jeremiah 1. Okay, one time the Lord told me this. Okay. It's verse 10, yeah. Out of the Amplified. Okay. See, this day I have appointed you to the oversight of the nations or of the heathen and of the kingdoms the kingdoms that are all, there's a lot of kingdoms in our life. It could be a kingdom of your job. could be a kingdom of your family. could be a kingdom of money. could be a, a kingdom of all kinds of things because it's your king. It's your, uh, your uh, thing that's higher than God. It's kind of an idol. <clears throat> 
I have appointed you to the oversight of the nations and of the kingdoms to root out, root it out, pull it down, destroy and overthrow, but then to build and to plant. And I did not know what that meant. And this was 1986. I had no idea what it meant. And I, I remember, whoo, and it took me years. And somebody came in here and they said, you know what? Well, it was Jerry Burley. He came in here and he, uh, he said, uh, you know what? I, I couldn't get anything what I was supposed to preach. I was walking around the pool at the, at the Holiday Inn Express. And he said, all I could get was this scripture. He didn't know that God had given me that in 1986. And this was already in the 2000s. <laughs> okay, then Randy Greer comes in. And no, I think I went to uh, Neely to listen to him. And, and he says, the Lord has told me <laughs> this day I appointed you to the oversight of the nations. And I went, oh my gosh, that's the same scripture. And he told me to, he's here to root out the wrong doctrine, the wrong doctrine is something bad happens and you just got to give in to it. No <laughs> I've done it. No you, could, you could do it right away. You can, and you can get all upset. Oh my gosh, look what happened. They said this and they said that and this one said that one and whammo. Whoosh, and there's strife and division and, and you think, well, I should have done this right. I should have done it. Stop. You stop. Victory is yours. What did you do wrong? Nothing but tell the truth. And sometimes truth hurts. Truth can be correction. And that's what prophets do a lot of times. They correct. And the, the prophet's ministry is huge right now. So the prophet is actually fine, finely tuned to the de details of God's plan and purpose for the earth. And they're the ones that will lead a revival. Now, I got all this out of the office, Joel Siegel. He has the, each one of the fivefold ministry. Okay. And actually, the prophet has an extra coating of anointing. And an anointing, that's why you want to be here for every service, because gonna, there's going to be impartations to you. And he speaks, he speaks by inspiration and he makes you enthusiastic. He ministers by revelation in God's spirit and delivers impartation. Well, some of you have heard Hank Kudeman. He's like that too. See, the apostle and the prophets are the highest of the ministry offices in terms of authority and anointing. It's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. However, nobody... None of them can be in the fivefold ministry unless they were in the church first under a pastor. None of them. They don't just can't jump out there. And do you know what? They have to be in the ministry of helps first. He actually said that in there. See, if the church, but if the church receives these, see, the pastor and the people move to a higher dimension in the church. Don't you want to move to a higher dimension? See, that anointing gets on you. There's impartation. And just like you're responding right now, that's what you need to do. No matter what, respond. Yeah, yeah, blah. You know, speak, repeat what he says, whatever. Because it'll egg him on and it'll pull it out of him. 
and, and more, more respond. You know, that's good. Respond. When you respond, you receive the impartation. Okay. Usually prophets are, okay. Um, now they use, they are used to correct many times and expose things in your life you might not want exposed. <laughs> I mean, they, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Don't give me that. He said, oh, you were sleeping with another man last night. And that was, besides your husband. Or, what? They're not going to do that. <laughs> that. That's not. No, that would be very private between. But I mean, don't ever worry about that. Something's going to be exposed. But there will be correction in a roundabout way that that will help you and okay so proverbs 15 10 but we want to go through these scriptures quick because god's been giving me two sermons lately also <laughs> proverbs 15 10 as fast as you can put them up there is it up there <laughs> okay um so uh there is severe dis Discipline for him who forsakes God's way. How do you know what God's way is? You have to read the Bible. And he who hates reproof, he who hates correction, will die physically, morally, and spiritually. I've even seen pastors. I've seen it happen to pastors. Been around long enough to see that. Even friends... Hebrews 12, 11. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. For the time being, discipline... Okay. Hebrews uh, 12, 11. Amplified. For the time being, no discipline brings joy. But seems grievous and painful. <laughs> All of a sudden, I thought about having a baby and being in labor. <laughs> that that hurts and it's painful. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, now for you, you got you got good hips to have it. <laughs> Christina, she's good. Yeah, I had little hips <laughs> and I had to have a C-section. <laughs> I mean, I don't have little hips. I don't mean that. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm smaller boned than you are. Forget the whole thing. This is good. <laughs> See, you need jokes like that. The Holy Ghost does that. It just comes out of your mouth so the people are happier. <laughs> yeah, some ladies going to labor and it's like... <laughs> Spitting out your gum. <laughs> Not me. Good old sign, yeah. I love that. <laughs> what kind of gum? Can you think of something really funny about the gum? No. <laughs> anyway. Okay, verse 12, 11. The time being no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous and painful. But afterward, it is a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, a harvest of fruit 
which consists in righteousness. But see, then it says you conform to God's will because you've been in the word. And it results in right living. And you'd be surprised. You, you, you know how to fight. Okay. So then brace up and reinvigorate and sit right. You're slackened and weakened and drooping hands. Strengthen your feeble and palsied and tottering knees. And cut through and make firm and plain. And smooth, straight paths for your feet. Make them safe and upright and happy paths that go in the right direction so that the fame and <laughs> halting limbs may not be put out of joint, but rather be cured. Now let's go back to verse um, 6. Same chapter. <laughs> She gets <laughs> the joy of the Lord. <laughs> but listen to this. the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves. He punishes even scourges, but I don't know about that word scourge. I looked that word up once. Uh, it doesn't mean like you take a whip and beat like they beat Jesus. It doesn't in this is yeah. Every son whom he wants accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. You must submit to and endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not train and correct and discipline? <laughs> oh boy. Now if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline, in which all of God's children share, you are illegitimate offspring and not true sons at all. I, I, I'm going to read the King James to you in the same verse. But if you are without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, you are bastards and not sons. That's in the Bible. In the King James. You're not really sons and daughters of God. See, that's what I was sick and tired of. That's religion. You get what... Oh, it's a very everybody, let's fake it, you know. Like even, I was wondering how many people were saying, God, you are mighty. Mighty is our God. Mighty is your king. He's my king. Mighty is, mighty is our God. Mighty is our Lord. Nobody's thinking of what they're saying. I'm sorry, I don't mean maybe you were. But I mean, you can get to that, and it means it's not going up as praises to God. The heart has to be in the words. Then the anointing comes into you, and you will have results of whatever. Mighty is our God, mighty is our King, mighty is our Lord, ruler of everything. Is he the ruler of what you wanted to do that wasn't quite right? Oh, <laughs> it's truth. Okay. I was thinking about that, and I thought, now you exalt the Lord. Don't think or don't look at people. <laughs> okay, but see, you're illegitimate offspring of God. Moreover, we have had bad earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we yielded them and respected them for training us. Now, let's just get mad at God because he corrected us. Shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of spirits and so truly live Okay, so um, 
just, you know, if correction comes, take it. Okay, so that's a prophet. Now, prophet. Now, um, he's bold and he points the body of Christ into the right direction. And he'll even point a church into a right direction. But he only knows things by the Spirit of God. Music helps the prophet's office. And they're redemptive songs. Not the songs just, that just talk about how... It has to be redemptive songs like the blood and those kind of things. What Jesus did for us, what he has given us and who we are in him, those kind of songs. Music should be led by the Spirit, sing songs that exalt God. So be prepared spiritually and naturally and receive the prophet. It has different levels and different rooms and they're all different. John the Baptist was one of the greatest, but he wasn't even born again. Why was, you know why he was so great though? Because his heart was right. I don't care how bad you're, the way you present yourself. Like I'm not always good at saying things. I get them mixed up and I don't even know how to say them. But your heart has to be right. Why, you know, you ask why, why, okay, why did you, why do you prevail so long? Why did you fight the good fight of faith? You know why? Because I could never let him down. I didn't care if I had two people here. It had nothing to do with nothing else but letting him down. If he started it and he gave the finances, then he must have wanted it. I can't help it. The devil's kept people away for a long time. But you just keep going on. You keep going on. Okay. So his heart was right and he was Faithful to the ultimate. Now, um, most prophets even have a tangible anointing. You can feel it when something's tangible. You can taste it or feel it. Okay, go to Mark 6.3. Yeah. <laughs> Mark 6.3. We can thank Joel Siegel for that. Uh, let's start with verse 1 instead. Okay, Jesus went away from wherever he was and came to his own country and hometown, Nazareth, like if I would go back to Dodge, Nebraska. And his disciples followed with him. And on the Sabbath day, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who listened to him were utterly astonished, saying, what? Where did Jackie get all that? <laughs> she never went to Bible school. She went to nursing school. <laughs> what mighty works and exhibitions of power are wrought in his hands? How can people fall over? <laughs> Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary, well, he's nothing but a carpenter, you know. Is he the brother of James and Joses and Judas and Simon and are not his sisters here among us? Okay, one time we were approached by someone who actually was a head of a church but not born again. And they said, Jesus never had any sisters. Mary never had. She was a virgin up until the end. And I said, well, it says right here in the Bible. 
And they honestly, and I said, it says here his sisters and his brothers. And he ran from us. Anyway, and they took offense at him. Who do you think you are standing up there? You're no better than us. No. And they were hurt. They were disapproved of him, and it hindered them from acknowledging his authority, and they were caused to stumble and fall. But Jesus said to them, and Jesus was a prophet, a prophet is not without honor, deference, and reverence, except in his own country. In his own country, he's not have the honor, and among his relatives and in his own house. And he was not able, Jesus was not able, Jesus was not able to do one work of power there, except he laid hands on a few sick folk and cured them, because they didn't believe him, because they had a spirit of familiarity. Okay, you and I, now I want to tell you something, if you're going to sit and sleep in church during the prophet's thing, it's going to inhibit him and it's going to hurt the rest of us. Honest to God, I want to tell you that. It's going to hurt the rest of us because I want what he has, man. He's, I've seen, do you see what he did? We watched it last week. Deliverance all over the place. Deliverance of kids and deliverance of demons and angels and all kinds of stuff. We want this. I want to move up. Go on YouTube and, and look up Dr. Michael. Somebody came from Lincoln on Sunday because they had started to watch, they started to watch Nancy Dufresne and they go to a church there and they, they said, oh, I loved the music because it wasn't rock and roll. <laughs> yes, here. Yes. I love the music. They said they could finally worship God. <laughs> See, and they're going to a born-again, spirit-filled church. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, you, ju you just got to know. We may be small and you look like it. How come everything's paid? Well, we, uh, it's him. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Jesus was a prophet, but his anointing was dormant. It was inactive because the people refused to recognize and receive him as a prophet. They had a spirit of familiar, familiarity. Now, just like Jesus, I wear different hats. Right now, I'm behind the pulpit. And what God gave me, it is from God because I go out of my way for this stuff. I sacrifice a lot of stuff that I can't do fun stuff and all kinds of stuff for years. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Because you want to be under the right anointing, you want to say the right things. So right now I got the hat of the pastor. Yeah. All right. So then the hat, the hat might be, as I go out there, it's going to be a friend. Yeah. Got the hat of a friend, yeah. you know? Yeah. You, and we go out to eat or, or we have squirt each other with squirt guns. <laughs> it's the it's the hat of fun <laughs> you know but you wear different hats and that's um Gary DeVoe was really good at explaining that okay Matthew 10 41 let's put that there see I, I want to say this verse 5 said he was not able to do one work and he marveled he was shocked 
because of their unbelief and their lack of faith in him. And he went about among the villages and continued teaching. So sometimes you've got to have teaching. So Matthew 10, 41 says, And he who receives and welcomes and accepts a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives and welcomes and accepts a righteous man, because he is righteous, shall receive a righteous man's award. So the prophet should be received if you want the anointing of the full uh, manifestation of his office. So you've got to respond. And if he's not received, he can be shut down by you. Just because he, you didn't receive him. Okay, that's, see, that's what happened in Jesus' hometown, and it's happened to me a lot. And it's a problem today. See, we've got to learn, we've got to recognize, we've got to value and place a demand on the prophet's ministry, on every ministry, really. Value it. Some people think they have to be well-known. The prophet has to be well-known. You see, we are wrong when we allow a person's fame, a person's fame, a person's fame, pew on it to define their office rather than the characteristics outlined in the Word of God. Kenneth Hagin was one of the foremost of his, of his time, and people failed to recognize that he had entered the prophet's office years and years earlier, before he even started Ramah. And they, and the, you know, before they even knew who he was. And he was on a very high level. In fact, Joel Siegel said he was probably on the highest level that any prophet has even on the earth is. So, so Matthew 10.41 speaks of a prophet's reward. It's a blessing available to those who receive the prophet's ministry. It might be deliverance from something you need. It might be healing in your body. You saw people are healed and, I mean, with just horrible diseases. And I've seen him go, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And they are. <laughs> Just like that. Um, but go on there and look up his name. You can, you can listen to some of those. And the angels. Many, many, many angelic visitations. Okay. Those who reject the prophet's ministry have no idea of the benefits that they forfeited. And it says pastors who adequately prepare their people will receive the prophet's reward, and so will the people. Amazing utterances can come forth, along with healings and manifestations of the, of the Spirit. Utterances even about something knowing of your past life, and, uh, and just that God wants to heal you. It's done, I watched him, he's total in love. See, at one church, Joel Siegel, who traveled with Kenneth Hagin, said they received him as a teacher, but not as a prophet. Do you hear me? They received him as a teacher, so don't do that. <laughs> you received me as a teacher. Okay. There was no manifestation receiving. The reception toward him was not very good, and, and there was no rewards. And he said, to this day, he knew that church. That was way back. And you know what? That church has never progressed. If you looked into it. 
Prophets are used to establish direction. Kenneth Copeland's a prophet. What did he say? You get correction and it gives you a direction. Now you can't get mad when you get correction. And it may be correction just from the pulpit. And I know sometimes we say stuff too and people get mad at us, but I can't help it. It's in the word. So I don't think that anybody in here, though, would be shocked by correction by him because you're, <laughs> because, but that it gives you direction. And then when you get, you, you actually obey that direction, you are protected from what is happening in the earth, from consumer shortages, from famine, from lack of rain. You'll have the food, you'll have the electricity, you'll have the everything see the prophet is a minister though of impartations and deposits precious wonderful and blessings to your life so be prepared to receive him and welcome that ministry see the prophet will continue to rise to the forefront which it has since covid leading leading the move of god in the earth the revival and as we honor the prophet's place we're going to receive the prophet's reward I saw something on, in fact, it was Facebook. I hardly ever look at it. Or was it? I don't know. Somebody put his schedule. So he is, what, 71 years old. And he has, he's, he's gone, like, to this place for five days. Next week, he's going to this place for four days. And then our, ours, he's going for five days. And then he's going somewhere else for another five days. <laughs> Woo, that's a heavy schedule. And they're in Kentucky, Indiana, Nebraska, and I, they didn't say where the other one was. was Iowa? Iowa? Okay. So, you know what? Okay, um, so that, per, that protection then, and you, you come into perfection. Okay. Okay. Impart, what does impartation mean? Okay. Impartation means giving and receiving spiritual gifts, blessings such as healing, deliverance, direction, finances. Hey, finances. Did y'all hear me? Some people didn't. Hey, one of the blessings, I, you didn't hear me. Finances of the prophets. Mind restoration, joy, and peace, infilling of the Holy Ghost. Well, you could receive that right here. Gifts of the Spirit operation. See, those, there's nine gifts of the Spirit, but you have to be speaking in tongues before you can receive any of those. It's prophecy. Uh, okay. Let me, the infilling of, when you get the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you could be operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, uh, so it's prophecy, you know, giving a word of exhortation and uh, to, to the people. It's always exhortation and uplifting, though. And you, you have a prayer language of tongues. When you don't know what God, when something like my daughter being, you know, going to be arrested in Greece in a dumpy jail and probably raped, whatever, you know, and um, you, you, you know what? She was saved because we were, we do have prayer language. You know not what to say. 
Then there's tongues and interpretation, which is different. Someday I'll explain all that. Okay, so then, then there's discerning of spirits, a word of knowledge. You know that something's going on in someone's life, and God wants you to know that he's doing something about it or that it has something to do with the future. And I've heard him say that. You were abused when you were a child, weren't you? And blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you get rid of that stuff. Okay, that's, and a word of wisdom is the future and the, and the word of knowledge is now. And then there's gifts of healings, all kinds of healings. The gift of faith, and it's not just, I got faith. It's supernatural faith. I always say it's so, so much faith that you could, if somebody was under a tractor, your loved one or your child, you could probably go, go there and lift it up. <laughs> I got the faith to do that because I'm going to get them out of there. And, and then there's the working of miracles. That's when there is no hand, no foot, and it grows out. Anyway, there was a few other things in here. Oh, I got to... There were some things I did. I underlined some things. Okay, the prophet, he or she, could say or do something that will make people feel uncomfortable. Some might even leave the church because of the ministry of the prophets. But see, that shows that you're a baby. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to call you a baby, but you have to. <laughs> the prophet brings a type of ministry that they are not used to. I think you are, though. And it exposes things in their life they don't want exposed. When people are unfamiliar with the prophet's ministry, they assume that what he does and says is wrong. It even causes some to dismiss themselves from their local church and pastor. Says it again. He speaks boldly. I guess I said all that. Um, wait a minute. Helping the prophet. Did I go to the wrong? See, he can see into the future also if God gives him that. Um, the events of the world, it transpires. Uh, yeah, those kind of things. Uh, Okay, events that will transpire in the world, events in the body of Christ, or events in the lives of certain individuals. All these revelations come as the prophet stays in tune with God. They come as the Lord desires. He cannot see anything on his own. He only sees what God shows. Okay, you help the prophet by responding. Let's see. Okay, there's one thing in here that says playing prophet. You, you, some people... Think of the prophet as God's fortune teller. The one who goes around predicting the future at will. Now, um, some people, he gives guidance now. Now, there can be prophetic conferences, though. He, Joel Siegel went to one where they asked him to play the music. His neighbor was said he was a prophet and that he had a prophet school. Now, okay. The lead prophet at this conference, which was his neighbor, had several young interns, prophets in training, that accompanied him, school of prophets. And it was kind of like many read about the school of the prophets that Elisha established in the Old Testament and try to set up similar prophetic training schools. This is unscriptural. In the old, well, they set up a school like Elisha had, school of prophets. Okay, in the Old Testament, the prophet, priest, and king were the only ministry offices that existed. One had to be born into the office of priest or king. 
The only office into which a member of the general public could be called was the prophet's office. So they went to school in Elisha's time. That's the reason Elisha had the training school. In the New Testament, there is no such thing as a newcomer to ministry starting out in the prophet's office. Just as no person enters into one of the five preaching offices without first being proven faithful in the ministry of helps. <laughs> See? I don't care how big you get, you had to be in the ministry of helps. No one becomes an apostle or prophet without first being proven at length in one of the other preaching offices. They have, would have had to be a pastor even first, maybe. An apostle or prophet will first be a pastor, an evangelist, or a teacher. Instead of training the general public to operate prophetic gifts, people should be trained how to recognize and respond to the ministry offices. So this is, he talks about false prophets. They had small stations, they said, set up throughout the rear, and then you could go to those stations and get a reading. <laughs> it's like a psychic or a palm reader would give a person a reading. These interns were giving prophetic words to people, telling them all about their future. It was very unscriptural, dangerous practice I have ever witnessed that was practiced in spirit-filled church. False prophets, men and women who ministered at the conference were false prophets. People occupying an office in an unauthorized manner are usually trying to accurately represent that office the way a counterfeiter would try to mimic, mimic actual money and are doing so with pure but misguided motives. But they might not know you. See, he even said with pure. They are acting like a prophet without the anointing of a prophet. The intern prophet who were giving readings to people were doing so in the flesh, meaning that the anointing of God was absent. First, the person ministers out of their soul, their mind, will, and emotions instead of the spirit. Second, they open themselves to the realm where evil spirits can operate and influence. No child of God would knowingly fellowship with evil spirits, but when one intrudes into a ministry office, they risk doing that. I have major issues, that kind of teaching that says we can receive on-demand prophetic clues for every person we meet. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as the Spirit wills. The gifts of the Spirit operate as He wills, not as we will. Some might argue, well, He always wills. No, He doesn't. He doesn't promise to always manifest that the way we desire him to. I found a mistake in their book. <laughs> okay. So the strongest manifestation of the revelation gifts is found in the prophet's office, not among the general membership of the body. You must, okay, uh, we must not become obsessed with particular gifts, trying to press and making them up. Paul instructed that we should place our desire and faith on all the gifts and manifestations, but allow the Holy Spirit to choose it. Okay, I'm just, okay. Uh, for men to imitate them apart from the Spirit is to operate in the flesh and flirt with familiar spirits. To be clear, this is a bad thing, not a good thing. You can create an atmosphere for the gifts to operate, but we don't force their operation. Many today are operating false versions of real gifts. 
I, you know, and it's true, I've seen them on TV, and people give thousands of dollars. Yeah, 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 Martha, yeah. That, that one, there was one way back, and they were, they were, um, they were starting to tell people's addresses and phone numbers and all that stuff, and it was familiar spirits. And I know somebody in our school was giving them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars because they had the money. And um, what? <laughs> in fact, we went to one once, and that, that was happening, and those were familiar spirits because he was trying to get more money. That was when we were three months old in the Lord in Omaha. But you know what? We figured it out quick. I'm just going to give you a little bit more. 1 Corinthians 16.9 says, you can put it up there, 1 Corinthians 16.9, for a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Realize this, that as you grow in Christ and reach a different level, opposition's gonna come. Your level may even be that you just came to this church and you're starting to learn stuff and you're starting to, to, to know stuff and you will face some opposition and we, and you know what, you cannot be uh, uh, ignorant of Satan's devices. Here's what happens. You get excited about the word, you see it's making a difference in your life and then opposition comes. And you said, well, I never had these problems before I came to this church. It's not because of who you're associating with. It's because of the light you are coming into. And the enemy go, oh, I never paid any attention to them before because they weren't making any progress. They weren't helping anybody. All of a sudden, they're starting to help people. We better start attacking them. So you got to see... He tries to stop you. And if you're ignorant of that, and I was, and you don't, or you just let it, you just let it really bother you. Terribly, and I have. You know what I mean? No, but I never quit. That's one thing I never do is never quit. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. That's always been my mind. You see, and if, but if you're ignorant of that, he will oppose you when you come to a new place of light. And then his strategy will work, strategio. See, be aware in the sower sows the word and in Matthew 13 and, and uh, Luke 8 and Mark 4. It says the sower sows the word. And there's different kinds of ground as you hear the word that it goes into your heart. And some of them go, I can't do this. Now I'm getting persecuted. I'm getting out of here. Or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. You know, I, I don't, they aren't doing what I want them to do. I, you know what? You'll never reach the hundredfold return. See, a lot of people have left the place they were once thrilled with because they weren't aware of the devil's wiles or devices. A wile is a test, a trial, a strategy. A strategy is a plan of action for military operation. And it, it describes how it's achieved by its means or resources. Go to, uh, actually, Ephesians 6. And it talks about you have on the whole armor of God. 
Now, let me tell you something. You can't just go to there and go, okay, finding your brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his man. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the I mean, I know the, that one by heart and King James. I could flip it off. What the heck are you talking about? Okay, so, so you go out and it says, well, I put on my armor today because I said it. Somebody said that to me once. And that ain't how you put it on just because you said it. Did you meditate on it? Do you know what it said? <laughs> are you operating and doing what it says? <laughs> See, that's where don't you, you don't just, that's back to religion. <laughs> Okay, now I'm going to go out of the Amplified. Verse 10. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. In the Lord. There's that scripture in, in the power of his might. Be empowered through, through your union with him. The only way you're going to get empowered is if you really are talking to him like... I won't say it. Like somebody's talking to each other. People are talking to each other. <laughs> I'm going to tease you. <laughs> but um, anyway, draw your strength from him, the strength which his boundless might, God of might, God of glory, <laughs> provides. Okay, put on God's whole armor, the army of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood people. You're not contending with physical opponents, but against despotisms. What is a despotism? It's a despotism. The exercise of absolute power, especially in a cruel and oppressive way. Tyranny, dictatorship. I looked it up. And that's what de devils are. They're mean. Okay, against powers, against master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness. Any kind of darkness in anywhere, any kind of darkness, they are ruling in there. The rulers of the darkness of this world, that's one of the main demon spirits. The other ones are principality or despotisms. They, they're tyrannical. They're mean to you. Yeah, they're bullies. Thank you. Um, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. That's what's causing all this stuff over the United States because the spirit of bail of abortion is one of the main spirits of the United States of America. And that spirit of bail in the Old Testament, they took, they'd have babies and they took them and they sacrificed them to their, their gods. <laughs> whatever they were made out of. I was going to say cement, but they had, they probably had real gold. <laughs> okay, anyway. And they threw them in the fire. Uh, okay, therefore, put on God's complete armor. That put on means in the Greek, tattoo it into yourself. 
tattoo God's armor. That you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger when evil stuff happens to you. See, some of you might have had a bad report. Yesterday, I had a bunch of them. <laughs> I mean, even the cat got attacked. It has been being attacked. Yeah. <laughs> and I was actually going to take her to the vet today. That's how bad. And you know what? I was really praying over her and <laughs> gone. Yep. Um, and you know what? See, but you've got to know, and I knew opposition's trying to come because we're walking through the door. <laughs> Could be a crisis. Guess who's doing it? The devil is. So don't even, ooh, don't even, don't cater to him by giving him the entertainment of you being just crushed. Because I've done it. I've done it a lot. I started to do it. <laughs> and then I thought, no, wait a minute. Victory. <laughs> Victory is mine. Victory is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. I mean, see, you go from stages to crying. Do you see what I'm trying to do? Okay. Stand, therefore, hold your ground. And when you've, and the other, the King James says, when you've done all to stand, 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 stand. Having your loins, the belt of truth. What's the belt of truth? It's the word of God. You've got to have the word of God. Without the word of God, you'll never grow as a Christian. And that is not taught everywhere. You've got to have the word. And I'm talking big word, a lot of word. Speaking the word against those things that come against you. It's the belt of truth. And it's, a, it's see, the soldiers used to wear the belt of truth around their loins. And your loins, I asked the Lord, why loins? It, because that's your reproductive area. And that, that would be that we need to reproduce more Christians. Right? Okay. So um, having on the breastplate of moral rectitude. That's behavior that is correct and upright and honorable. Moral, be moral. Be moral. And right standing with God. Don't say, well, I'm deliberately going to entice somebody as a woman. So I'm going to wear, you know, low cut everything. Let's hike it up to here or let's pull it down to here. I'm sorry, I'm... Maybe I'm a prophet. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay. Having shod your feet. Integrity. It says to the, the breastplate of integrity. It's, it means the breastplate of righteousness. You are righteous because Jesus gave you his righteousness. But integrity <clears throat> is a quality of honesty, Moral principles ooh, <clears throat> and moral uprightness. It's moral uprightness. Don't try to even be immoral. Shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability. How? Your feet are so shod with the gospel. <laughs> the promptness and readiness produced by the good news of the gospel. Okay. If you let yourself go, I'm just going to tell you this. If you let yourself go for a while, don't read the Bible. 
or everything is real you will it will take you you have to go back to it and you've got to force yourself because it'll take you longer to feel that excitement of the word i've experienced it see or let's just say that every day you're doing it you as soon as you open the bible you're excited almost but see there came i was so busy i couldn't even get it in the word and that's why i i the lord said you've got to cut some things I don't know how long, but, and, and then it was, <laughs> then I hardly even had time. And, um, and it just took me longer hours, maybe hour and a half before I could even feel that, that, ooh, yes, God, I have arrived. Oh, see, but I knew that, but you force yourself, you, you do it. You get your, yeah, thank you. You get your flesh out of the way. See, that's going beyond the cross. You don't just say, okay, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I'll just do whatever. Spend the whole day doing nothing ever with God. Go to a higher place. A higher place. Well, I don't got no call in my life. I don't care. You will have blessings. You will have finances. You will have stuff going on for you. It's going to be blessed when nobody else is. You know, I even, th I was just thinking of farms. Elsie um, Popkin said that Marvin, they would bless their land and they were givers, you know? And okay, so, you know, property lines, the property line is right here. And Marvin, no, he didn't even have an irrigator and the other farmer did. And guess what? His crop grew like crazy. And his, his corn was really low, the other guy. And it was diseased, and his was. Because <laughs> they prayed over it, they blessed it, they followed the principles of God. Especially with giving. I mean, you can't, you can't. God's not, He's not lying about that. So, so, uh, okay, lift up the covering shield of saving faith. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. We got faith that the lights will turn on when you flick the switch, right? You had faith when you sat in the chair that it wasn't going to, you know, that it was going to hold you up in a seated position. So you got faith in natural things, but you got to have faith in this. That when you say, when you fight the good fight of faith, when things are bad and you come against them and God has told us to bind things, and to lose things because we have heavenly reward. We're walking in a kingdom of heaven on the earth. And we've got the authority and the power to do it. So you've got to do it. We've got to say something. Devils cannot hear you if you do not talk out loud. And see, they just love to get people who know something about the word. And you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. You know, th this is horrible, but, you know, when they, they're weaponed, they'd put gas on the end of arrows, and then they would shoot them. And can you imagine that? Indians did that, too. And can you imagine that going into you? It's flaming. But the word of God is flaming. When you come against the devil, it burns him up. 
He's experiencing hell. <laughs> okay, I'll quit pretty quick here. But see, those are, those are things, again, for a wide door of op opportunity for effectual service. It might be a promising door. Maybe your kids are gone or they're not following God and they all come into the kingdom. Maybe you need healing in your body from something really, a cancer or whatever. It's a promising door. It's an amazing door. It's a great door. That's what wide means. It's a door of opportunity and it'll give you effectual service has opened for you. A great and promising and there are many adversaries and opponents though you could almost say there were snakes around the door so you just go I know Nancy Dufresne always says that you step over but I like to go <laughs> I'm sorry I just like just crush them to pieces they're under our feet they're under Jesus's feet Jesus lives in us so they're under the feet See, they're at the door, and it's because something good is happening to you. And you're going to have an effect on many things or many people because you went through the door. You might have an effect on the whole city, your whole family, other people's lives, people's marriages, children, spiritual progress, financial abundance, your future, your destiny, others' future, your children's future, others' destiny. Don't feel too bad because he's always talking. He's going to be a preacher. You know what? The Lord told me to tell you that. Because <laughs> he's listening. Some of it is he's <laughs> so no, So no wonder there's adversaries because... It, nobody wants to make, you know, the devil doesn't want you to get this town or your family or other people because he's trying to, those devils are trying to stop that effect. And he comes immediately to steal the word and your effectiveness because you could have effect on the community and even your presence in a city and the fact you own property you own property, it gives you authority in the spirit realm over an area. I heard Dr. Dufresne say that. When you own property, it gives you authority over that area. So we own this. We own our house. <laughs> See, and it makes the devil mad. You're occupying again by taking back the territory that he gained. Hey, if, if soldiers... Uh, get a town, I mean, you know, like, oh, let's say in, in uh, that Russian war, you know. <laughs> well, no, I mean, if they gain a city, if, if Russia gains a city, um, they, are they going to just go, oh, we got the city now, let's go on to the next city. No, they, they, guard, they put guards there. They put soldiers there. You've got to put soldiers with you. <laughs> See, and some of this stuff, so you already won because, well, okay. The enemy is at the door to try to interrupt and stop your entrance. And it comes in the form of fear. Fear will come in. Well, something that happened the other day. 
And, you know, you could go fear. Oh, all these people are going to just leave the church. You know, you, you think, you know what? I, it's just, who cares? I mean, okay, whatever. You cannot cater to that and be depressed. Or somebody's diagnosed with cancer. See, the enemy doesn't want you to have an effect without him putting up a fight. You have to put up a fight. He wants you to be, maybe we can defeat him and they'll just give this all up. He wants to stop you. And if you are aware of that, you will not back down and cower to get free from the pressure of things. See, know this. Whenever you're going to go raised to a different place, your mind and body are going to feel it. Something's going to come. It's a scud. Satan continuously uses distractions or destructions. And don't compromise to get rid of the pressure so you can get comfortable. One more scripture and that's it, I promise. Second Timothy 4. Liars, liars have their place in the lake of fire. Second Timothy, was that Second Timothy 4? Second Timothy. One through five. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by the light of his coming and his kingdom, herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand and ready. When the opportunity is favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you, as a preacher of the word, are to show people what way their lives are wrong. And convince them, rebuke and correct, warn and urge, but encourage. But, but honestly, tell them the truth. Um, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching with humility and meekness. For the time is coming when people will not tolerate, endure sound and wholesome instruction. But having itching ears for something pleasing and gratify, they will gather themselves and run from one place to another, one teacher after another to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold. Okay, there are times people don't want to hear the word of God because it corrects them. And so they seek out people who will change the words or tailor the words as to what people want to hear. It's always really sweet and kind and nice. But it's, yeah, it's a gun without a bullet. Okay, to hear so they won't leave. See, and honestly, there are, so they won't leave or they'll stop giving. And honest to God, I like him more than that. I could give a hang. <laughs> I'm not cruel. I don't, you know what I mean. But, and they say, <laughs> I heard Keith Moore say that, teacher, teacher, tickle my ears. Tell me what I want to hear. <laughs> Greasy grace. It's all, 
And God does love us. And we will teach on love. But, and he loves us, but not to a point where he's not going to tell us the truth because he knows the devil's going to destroy us. See, do you want to be appeased or do you want the truth? It's sobering, but at the end, it will make you free. I wrote that down. I wrote it. <laughs> okay, so, so verse 4, And they will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions, which are doctrines of devils, senseless stories. As for you, be calm and cool and steady. Accept and suffer unflinchingly ever hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fully perform all the duties of your ministry. So don't compromise <laughs> to get rid of the pressure. And I'm going to stop. <laughs> Amen. But it see, it's easy to do that. You know, when you, you've been here for a long time, you know things that are right and wrong. And just even some things. And I see things in marriages, in raising children, and now I do. Wish I had known now what I know way back. But, but God. <laughs> yeah. And you're, yeah. And you young folks are so smart about it now. <laughs> but said that's not, oh, wasn't that good? Anyway. <laughs> but you know what? But God. That's all I could say, but God. Okay, well, I apologize. The air conditioner will be working. I, I don't, oh, all the gas or the oil leaked out of it. So we have to go get, how many gallons is it? It isn't really Freon because he calls it oil and then he tells me, well, I put the gas in there. <laughs> not in a, not, I don't, it's like Freon, but it's, hey, Kenny, how many gallons does that big air conditioner take out there? Oh, pints. Oh, then it is oil. Oh, just oil? Could you get some oil tonight? Oh, it has to be a certain kind of oil. Okay. <laughs> Maybe some of us women have it in our makeup. <laughs> I couldn't resist that one. <laughs> that by side. Yeah, so... <laughs> Anyway, so Father God, we just thank you that we are your children. And we thank you for the name of Jesus and all the authority that goes with that name, Lord God. And Lord, you've taught us how to do it. And God, will be aware of those things which are wiles of the devil so that we can take authority in the name of Jesus, because you gave it to us over all demons, over principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. And Lord, thank you that we can move obstacles. <laughs> we can solve problems, Lord God. Calm the storms. And Lord, overcome any opposition that comes against us. So, Father, I thank you that you empower them, Lord, and that our speaker will have just the right 
words and a word and season for this church and correction. If necessary, God, I'll take any correction there is. And so, Father, we thank you for this opportunity, and we thank you, Father, that the angels of God are with them as they fly in their jet to come here, Lord God, and transportation, not their jet, but a rented one. But And, Lord, that the pilot is, is alert and knows what he's doing. We thank you, Father, that the gifts of the Spirit will be in manifestation strongly, that we will receive him as a prophet, Lord, and that many will be saved, delivered, set free, and encouraged to move on with Christ, Lord God, and even from things that may be tree roots inside of their spirits, Lord God, that need to be pulled out or inside of their soul areas. So we thank you. We praise you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay, so we're having a speaker, Lonnie Hilton, on Sunday, and he's good. He's a good speaker. Anointed. He's very anointed. Yep. He was the uh, international director for Faith Christian. Yeah, international director, and they have over a thousand churches. And he also was a pastor for a long time, and so he he understands all that role. He texts all the time, and he says, so a lot of times he'll say, well, I don't know how he says it, but he says, you were on my heart, and he'll be in a Texas airport. <laughs> and he says, you were on my heart. Is everything okay? I went, actually, it's not. <laughs> but I've come in victory. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's a good man. I think he's he's in his 70s too. Yeah. So all right, you're dismissed. And you're going to go in a cool car, right? <laughs> in a cool house? We had no fans or nothing when we were kids. Uh,